Welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets audio blog post. Colin here again this week, filling in for Donovan. Instead of doing the third part of my Iran-Contra series that I've been working on, today I'm going to be discussing something a little bit more contemporary. I will be back again next week with some more Iran-Contra for you, but today we're going to be talking about some of my personal frustrations stemming from the government shutdown. If you didn't catch Don and I's hour and a half long conversation on the entire shutdown and its implications and so on and so forth, um, last week during the Salt of the Streets podcast, uh, episode 46, if I remember correctly, you're missing out. Pause this thing right now. Pull that thing up. It's an hour and a half of pure gold. We covered a million different aspects of the shutdown. But see, here's the thing. I still have a massive chip on my shoulder about the whole shutdown. There's an avenue of the whole thing that I don't think I really discussed last week during the show, and I wanted to bring it up today. Before I get rolling into what will inevitably become an anger-fueled rant, how about a little shameless plug for what Don and I are doing here? If you're hearing this via our podcast feed, you can find the written version of this blog post, as well as links to everything else that we do over at saltofthestreets.com. You can find our video podcasts and podcast pre-shows over at the Salt of the Streets YouTube channel, which we drop videos on Mondays and Tuesdays. The full-blown Salt of the Streets podcast drops on Mondays, and the audio blog post as well as the written blog post drop on Thursdays. We, of course, are at Salt of the Streets on both Instagram and Facebook, or you can find us directly. I am at Big Bird Offie on both the Instagrams and the Twitter machine. Don is at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. So today I'm going to start out by telling a story. Now, I feel like I should preface this whole thing by saying that I do have kind of a mushy soft spot in my heart for little random acts of kindness and charity. So that being said, last week, I was thumbing through my Facebook feed and stumbled upon a post that left a single salty tear slowly running down my cheek. It was a post from a wife of an old Coast Guard shipmate of mine. The first thing that caught my eye was the picture attached to the post. It was a picture of an open card with a simple sympathy entry inside. It just said, Remember, you're not alone in this. And below this was a handwritten message reading, Sorry your family is affected by the government shutdown. This isn't much, but hope it can help in some way. The cover of the card didn't have an address written on it. There was no return address. Just the family's last name. That right there tells me that this anonymous do-gooder was perhaps somebody local to their community. They weren't looking for any recognition. They simply wanted to help a family, a friend, or maybe a neighbor who, through no fault of their own, found themselves in need. This post filled my heart all at once with both joy and sadness. Joy for the selfless act of anonymous charity. Sadness and, frankly, rage due to the fact that an active-duty service member's family, due to the shutdown, were in a position to necessitate an act of charity. Being a prior member of the United States Coast Guard myself, I've been highly agitated by the federal government's complete blundering of the political situation centered around the wall. As I prefaced in the beginning of this post, I won't be rehashing all the details that Don and I discussed on the podcast last week. No, I have a separate bone to pick today. 
This time, my animosity is focused on my people, the social and political commentators from the conservative side of the political spectrum, particularly Ben Shapiro of The Daily Wire and John Podhorns of Commentary Magazine, both of whom host shows I listen to as part of my regular podcast regiment. They, like many on the conservative side of the spectrum, have seemed to beat the drum of, hey, so what if 800,000 federal workers are either furloughed without pay or having to work without pay? I am very much of the similar mindset when it comes to most of the bureaucratic branches of federal government. But one of those branches is an active duty military branch. My lack of sympathy reaches right there for the handbrake and screeches to a stop. This ridiculous shutdown has been going on now for the latter part of a month, with no end in sight. All this time, there has been more than 40,000 of our nation's young men and women in the United States Coast Guard standing their watch, braving perilous waters to perform search and rescue operations, interdicting massive drug shipments, stopping and often saving the lives of what would be undocumented or illegal immigrants who are trying to make a very dangerous voyage across literal oceans just to get into this country. That's not to mention all the other missions that they're doing, all without being paid right now. The complete lack of almost any conversation around this idea of an entire branch of the military missing out on paychecks, and by conservatives no less, seems fundamentally wrong to me. As someone who generally lands on the conservative sides more times than not, I also thought that, regardless of politics, we stood by our military, we supported our troops, at home and abroad. It's a fundamental core belief. Apparently, taking shots at the bevy of Democratic presidential hopefuls coming out of the woodwork or the left's latest rising star, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, is more important. Don't get me wrong, I love to destroy the crazy things that come out of her mouth as much as the next guy, but it's like shooting the broadside of a barn with her. It may be fun, yeah, but there's no substance to it. At this point, it's all just a part of the own-the-libs routine they all seem to be playing, all while our nation's finest are bearing the brunt of another ridiculous game of political softball. I'm disappointed. I'm angry. I mean, these are my people I'm talking about here, and they're dropping the ball on calling out the government for their stupidity and sheer incompetence. Do we need a wall? I mean, who the hell am I to say? I don't know. I would like to think that in 2019, we could be a little more sophisticated than a fucking wall. But in the end, this is a political debate that should be happening on the floors of the House of Congress and in the Senate. That's how this is supposed to work, for God's sakes. If we, the people, working through our elected representatives, haven't collectively figured out what the answer is when it comes time to fund our overbloated government, tough. We'll have to continue to debate and to politically negotiate while we continue to fund and run the behemoth governmental machine that we've all helped build. In closing, I would like to leave you guys with a few statistics put out by the U.S. Coast Guard covering fiscal year 2017. The Coast Guard removed over 223 metric tons of cocaine, 31,190 pounds of marijuana, but don't blame them for that. That's just them doing their job. Six kilograms of heroin and other opiates and 168 kilograms of methamphetamines worth $6.6 .6 billion on the wholesale market. 
They interdicted 2,512 undocumented immigrants, responded to Hurricanes Harvey, Irma, Maria, assisting more than 11,200 persons. They conducted over 5,300 hours of icebreaking operations to support movement of cargo worth over $1.5 billion through ice-impeded waters of the Great Lakes and the Eastern Seaboard. Not counting hurricanes, they responded to 12,270 pollution incident reports, responded to over 16,000 search and rescue cases, assisted 23,000 people, saved 4,228 lives, and protected more than $76 million in property from loss. Okay, so I'm sorry if I got a little ranty there for a minute. I just get a little passionate about this stuff. You know, being a Coast Guard veteran and having still a lot of friends in the Coast Guard that are more like family, really, than friends, this kind of stuff really irks me. But again, thanks for listening to my blog post, everyone. My name is Colin, and my podcast, Better Half, is Donovan. Together, we are salt of the streets, and we're here to bridge the gap between people and information. We'll catch you guys next week.